Hello and welcome back to How to PhD episode number five. This week we'll be dealing with the Viva or defense in a two-part episode and in this first part we'll be covering some essential mindset and preparation tips in the lead-up to the day itself. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Aaron and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Julia. Welcome back everybody. And this week we're talking about the viva or defense as it's known in some countries. And of course we recognize that the the process for this can differ from country to country. We did ask here in the UK, but hopefully the tips that we're going to talk about today and in the second part are relevant for, for the vast majority of vivas and defenses. Yeah, and we both actually had our Viva during lockdown, so it was remote for both of us. And Aaron, you were actually one of the first at Warwick University yeah. to to do it remotely. Yeah, it was just, uh, I think, a week after the kind mm. of lockdown stuff began. And I think in many ways, it sort of relaxed me a little bit more that it was remote. Uh, I know some people who found it sort of more nerve wracking because of that. But yeah, I mean, it was a long it was it was four and a half hours um i know yours is a bit different um but in the end it it worked out and it was actually quite an enjoyable process mm, yeah mine was much shorter i think it was only two and a half hours um, less, maybe. Yeah. yeah and but i still remember being so so tired afterwards i know we had a celebration yeah. indoor <laughs> yeah. uh, lockdown celebration but i was so tired yeah. even if it was shorter <laughs> it is yeah it's, it is a tiring process i think maybe because that sort of stress release at the end and mm. you kind of get to the end of it and it's just all kind of builds up at the end mm. um so as, as we sort of alluded to at the start of the show, you know, we decided to do this topic as a two-part episode. Um, and today we're covering two aspects, which is around the mindset, which is which is actually a really important part of this, is how do you think about this Viva process? Mm. Um, which I think is also an important tip for anyone who's kind of earlier in the process to know that actually it's not, it's not as scary as you think it might be. Um, and what we'll be covering today is the preparation as well. So what you need to do in the lead up to that big day. And the second part, which we'll release on Thursday, will delve into the actual Viva defense itself and, and the tips and tricks you need to actually navigate that two hour, three hour process. Okay. So, so yeah, let's start. <laughs> let's get straight into it with the mindset. So the mindset. So this is, I think, as we said, one of the key aspects of the preparation to the library is kind of knowing what it's about and kind of what to expect. And I think the first important point that we want to make is really that to recognize that in your PhD that the hard work is done. Okay, when you get to this point of the viva, you've written your thesis uh, and the chances are very high that actually, and, and you'll never believe us when we say this, but you really have nothing to worry about. And, you know, we often think of the, the bulk of the PhD being this final defense or viva step, but actually it's really just the very last step. All the work has been done before. Mm. You've put that effort in, you've, you've proven yourself just by getting to this point. And it's really just that kind of final icing on the cake. And, it, it you know, as much as we say that, you'll never believe us. Um, but it really, it truly is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're, we're not telling you not to be nervous because you probably will. And I, I personally think that's also a quite healthy thing to be nervous about saying something because it kind of shows that you care. And um, from my personal experience, I remember from like when I was a musician before concerts, if I was nervous before, 
then usually um, when I then went on stage and had my concert, then it usually mm. was fine or yeah, the adrenaline went down. Whereas uh, I had like um, moments where I was not nervous before a concert and then suddenly the adrenaline kicked in during the concert and that's the worst thing. <laughs> For me at least that could happen. So yeah, just embrace, you're probably gonna be a bit nervous. But um, I think again, we can link back to our big picture exercise that we talked in episode three, I think yeah, about. So um, about like the worst case scenario exercise, like, so think about like, why are you nervous about this viper? What are you worried about? And then um, write these things down again and then try to mitigate the, the risks. So for example, it could be that you're just really worried about forgetting the, the date or not be there on the right time right um so set alarms and double check the day and these are small things or if we if you're worried about some specific questions try to prepare them and i think we're going to talk about that mm. more a bit later on but i think these are the kind of of things that you can do what do you think everyone yeah Just another I, tip that you have <laughs> yeah i think those are really important things and, and do check out that episode from our mental health awareness week special episode three uh, to get a sort of breakdown of that method mm. um and I guess, yeah, one of the other t tips, and I think something that really helped me uh, come to terms with the nerves and that kind of build up towards the viva is really to to view this process as the first time in the three years or the four years that you've been working on the PhD. It's the first time someone's going to tell you exactly what you need to do, right? Mm, I mean, that's true. Yeah, supervisors yeah. will often make this point that it's your PhD. You know, you can you can mm. make the decisions. You know you need to drive it and often you might ask oh should i do this or that and they might say to you oh you know it's your choice like, it's... and there's this endless cycle of revisions as well that you exactly. you could read it again and someone would tell you okay do that and then it's an endless cycle but this is the point where you just let you know exactly yeah, you know that whatever it. <laughs> it is majors or minors or however the, the ranking system works in in your country um you know that it's going to be the first time that someone says look do these things mm. and you will pass mm. which is quite it's quite a liberating thought and and might help you sort of deal with that kind of uh, anticipation mm. of the of the viva yeah. yeah but i think it's true because i think in some countries i think in germany you you get a grade you, mm. so you don't yeah, even have true. corrections yeah. so it might differ and um, depending on your country and we would be interested to about to hear that as well if you mm. want to um, let us know that would be really interesting um but yeah i think also what somebody told me was just to view it as a opportunity as well to discuss with and um, your work with someone who has read your whole thesis which is a it's a big thing because uh, <laughs> as much as your family friends colleagues love you <laughs> they might maybe not read your whole thesis if it's like eighty thousand words long so yeah. it's the one time you can have a really in-depth conversation i think about your thesis and that's something quite enjoyable you put so much work in it so um yeah you should yeah. embrace that um, great opportunity it it's unlikely or maybe nobody will ever read 18,000 words from you ever again. It, it, you might end up an author. I don't know. But <laughs> I think for most of us, yeah, that's quite unique. That's, that is absolutely true. So, you know, hopefully with these four tips, you can see that and you can begin to realize that actually the Viva should be seen as this kind of conversation, this really in-depth chance to, to talk about something that you are the expert in you know and mm. to have that kind of confidence that this is just going to be a mm. really in-depth conversation and when you see it like that hopefully the day doesn't have this kind of mysticism or kind of legend about it you can just see it as a really good conversation so time to talk about preparation 
let's talk about preparation now. So preparing for the Viva. Now, I think whatever it is, whatever your situation, um, after submission, do try and take a break from the thesis yes. before you start yeah. prepping. I Get think that's yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. You know, you've been working on this continuously. It's nice to just take a step away. Mm. Uh, and I think in both of our cases, I had six months between submission and actually doing the Viva. That's, I think, an exceptionally long time. Um, Why was that? It's common because we had to have an industrial um, examiner as well. Mm. In my exam, there was a reason that that's kind of why it got delayed. But I think you Mm. were much more kind of on time, right? Yeah, I think my supervisors um, organized that really nicely as well. Um, in advance so i mine was only two months after i submitted mm. yeah so quite close yeah so quite close but still but enough still, time I to take a break, a break yeah and, and get some distance um mm-hmm. and i think that's important you know just from a sort of mindset point of view just to reset and recoup and re-energize so once you're ready to get back into it julia i think mm. we're going to recommend sort of three key steps in this kind of preparation phase and mm. and this first one is really how do you get back into the mindset of your thesis yeah so i thought i'd give our listeners like a kind of idea of the timeline how i did of course it might differ for you but i took um two weeks um of fiber preparation and um so what did i do in these two weeks so i had 10 chapters in my thesis so i prepared one chapter per day so i didn't want to have too much i just mm. focused on one pep and one chapter and what i was doing is um, that I tried to identify the holes in my thesis. So in when I had a little bit of a break from my thesis, I was reading it and thinking where are the kind of things that examiners might have follow-up questions, where, where there may be sentences where I was thinking to myself, oh, I should have maybe added two more sentences to like more justify a point more or something. So try to fill these kind of holes. If you remember the the five whys technique, right, from the early episodes, that's that's one way to do that. Exactly, yeah. And then also, if I noted there were some errors or typos, I think I had a few um, minor errors that I um, just picked up. So I also noted them down so I could say if it came up and the virus said, oh, yeah, actually, I noted that and I can correct that. Um, And then, yeah, I had one, I forced myself. It's so hard, I think, to do that (laughs) because you have your chapters may be really long, but I forced myself to only have one page per chapter, like a small summary, basically. And then I tried to narrow it down even more um, during during the weeks uh, because you can't memorize or you don't have to memorize anything. But just having the key points from each chapter, I think, is quite important. So, yeah try to keep it concise and I can upload my um, Fiverr preparation document that I had for you as an example and it might work for you so you can take a look at that and then so after having prepared all 10 chapters um, what I was doing then was that I was also thinking about like how my research questions developed so I was making little notes on that and um, I was doing a summary and different versions of a summary of the whole thesis because I heard that they may they may ask like okay can you give us a brief summary at the beginning of the viva and I think I was so scared that I would like be so nervous and then stutter and not 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 be able to say it concisely so I, that was something I actually practiced a little bit so mm-hmm. I had a one sentence version <laughs> my thesis in one sentence then a little bit a longer summary and then a five minute summary um, and I think for me that was just 
mentally helpful to yeah. <laughs> be prepared. If it comes at the beginning, I would be ready for that. And um, I think that's that's really important because mm. the uh, and I think this is what you're going to touch on next. But the first question is is nearly always yeah it could be um, describe yeah. your describe what you did and it can be so hard yeah if it's really it's such a big work yeah. and then you should say it in it's, one sentence it's a tricky question so i think yeah. for that definitely having something pre-prepared yeah. is, yeah. is really helpful yeah and then i was also writing down the questions that i was most afraid of <laughs> maybe you have the same that there are some questions you yeah. hope they won't ask you and i think just they might not ask you them, probably not, but just to get it out of the system, write them down and then try how you would answer them if they come up and let others help you with them. Like say to your supervisor, I'm really worried this question is going to come yeah. up. What do I say? Is that a good answer? And for me, it was about this theory bit. I had like a yeah. theory as you said. I think that's, yeah. that's really an important point in this preparation is, is, and I guess related to that kind of working out the the, the worst case scenario mm. just list the questions you really hope don't come up mm. and actually just have a response for them even if it's not a, a solution or an answer even if it's just some wording mm. where you acknowledge that yes this is a weakness and i would have done oh, it differently yeah, that's, next that's time true as well. you know just having that reflection wording and yeah that, that reflection yeah. and you know we'll talk more about this in the second part when we talk about mm. actually how do you respond to actually tricky questions mm. and that'll be in the second part on thursday but yeah. yeah just just going into that process of what is the worst case and then just knowing that you have an answer for that yeah is is a, is a really useful yeah. technique and and tool to use yeah and i think the very last thing i did is then to use look up some standard viva questions so my supervisor sent me some questions and some colleagues and we have created a resource for you as well with viva questions if you want to practice them have a look um yeah, um, but Erin, I think you had a little bit of a different approach, yeah. right? So how did you go about preparing? Well, yeah, I mean, different in some ways, but I think because of the fact that my Viva needed a... I, I had to present in mine mm. and had an hour to present at the beginning and then they an did hour? the... Was it really that hour? Yeah, it was, it was one hour. Uh, I think time. I presented for 40 minutes, though, just so mm. it wasn't a full hour. Um, and, then, and then, of course, the Viva followed. But, of course, I had to make a PowerPoint. And I think this is a useful tool and... I think in many ways, essentially, it's echoing what all of the things that you said, but essentially doing it in PowerPoint. And I think there's an advantage of creating the summaries in PowerPoint as opposed to Word or a Word document is I think it forces you to condense and, and think about the story of the Viva in a kind of more segmented way. Mm -hmm. Just because of the, the format of PowerPoint being in slides, I think you're forced to think of it in a kind of more structured way. So for me, that worked really well. And actually, my... The majority, 90% of my Viva preparation was just making this presentation because mm. I knew by making this presentation, everything organized everything in your is mind, in probably. Exactly. Mm. It's sort of yeah. organized in my mind. And remember from the thesis episode, we, we really, uh, you know, emphasized the importance of creating sort of thesis diagram. And I can't emphasize how important it is to try and create some kind of diagrammatic form of how mm. all your studies link together. I think this is mm. so powerful. Especially if you're a visual person. I think you are quite a visual person. Yeah, like, but I think yeah. regardless, mm. like if you're visual mm. or more of a, a you know wordy person, um, <laughs> having that gives you a kind of clarity in your mind of, of where all the pieces of your chapters or the pieces of your thesis fit together. Uh, mm. And I think that's really, really important. And of course, when you're going through this process of creating these slides or this Word document and summarizing each of your chapters, really, I think I really want you guys to focus on a couple of things. So one, 
focus on what was the aim, the objectives of, of what mm. and why you did those aims and objectives. What did you do, right, in, in very practical words? What did you find? And, and so what, right? Mm. What's, the, what's, the, what's the impact of all of this? And for me specifically, you know, I had an industrial sponsor in mind, so I had to pull out industrial impact. But I think this applies to any PhD, regardless of how you're, you're funded, is to pull out three things and, and to really highlight these three things. It's that what's the academic impact, right? So what's the contribution to knowledge, which, of course, is the fundamental point of the PhD. Mm. And right? if you have published, I think you can. There's yes. proof that you have like academic impact. If you haven't published, that's also fine. But I think that's if you have it throw that in as example yeah, yeah. exactly mm. that's that's academic impact right there mm. um the second point and again doesn't matter how you're funded i think is it i think it's a useful and interesting topic is what's the industrial impact mm. you know what's the impact on businesses what's the impact on on the industry on the on the field on a kind of more business level sense and again this is not a requirement but it makes your it makes your conversations and your thesis and your viva you know a lot more interesting And then the third point is, what's the general, you know, wider general public impact? You know, what, what does this mean for society on a wider level? You know, could mm -hmm. this could this change the way we think? And again, you know, this could be very speculative. It could be you, you almost definitely don't have evidence to substantiate what, what you could say, but pitch it in a way that you are thinking about this stuff that you're passionate about your research and you're kind of you're kind of imagining what the impact would be and examiners love to see that because mm. as we've said time and time again this is a research degree you know not a change the world degree and so they want to see that you're a good researcher and that you deserve that qualification so show your passion for this mm. right and i think highlighting those three impacts can really help get across you know what is the impact of this work and create a really interesting conversation for your viva yeah i think that's a really good point yeah i think i didn't really prepare for that but definitely definitely that's that's good to think about that um i think the next points um the second point of preparation we yeah. have a little bit of a different view on that yeah. <laughs> which is the practicing point so um mm. um i had actually two mock vivas Uh, so one was someone in my department where, yeah, I felt quite comfortable. It was quite, um, <laughs> with quite kind questions, I think. And then I had one with my supervisor. And God, I was so <laughs> nervous when I was speaking to her because I know she knows my uh, topic inside out. Um, but for me, it was really good practice to get really my adrenaline up. After that, I felt really, okay, mm. I'm ready to fully yeah. dry, dry, delve into my thesis and um, go into preparation mode. Um, but I think you... Yeah, I, really I, I'm not a huge fan of doing mock fivers. I, mm. I don't, yeah, I, I think perhaps because I had to prepare for this presentation. Now, I didn't even practice the presentation in front of all the people, although mm. I could have. Um, I think I was quite comfortable just preparing myself. I think the point is do what you think is going to work for you. Mm. You know, if you feel that a mock fiver will kind of, as you said, Julia, kind mm. of put you at ease and kind of, um, you know, get you in the mindset for the Viva, then by all means, do what you think is going to make mm -hmm. yourself comfortable. For me, I knew that doing that is is not, it's just going to make me more nervous. Yeah. And I think I would, I would have rather spent that time sort of to myself. So I think that's something you can really reflect and sort of think, you know, what, what works for you? Yeah, I think it's just important to have in your head that every, of course, if, with the real Viva, or if you practice with different people, every time, every single time, it will yeah. be completely different. I think yeah. 
um wh what you're saying with that is as well just to keep an open mind about like just being in the moment and being flexible right yeah that you are able to talk to different people and listen to their questions, not have in your mind, okay, they will ask this, this and this. That's and right. For that. And I think, you know, yeah. we talked a bit about sort of example questions and, and you know, we did that exercise where we yeah. sort of imagined the worst questions they would ask us. And, and, and the fact is none of the questions that I thought would be the worst questions yeah. or even the ones that they would ask came up at all and that's fact, true but still it can help you put your <laughs> mind at ease for me that's important to know i have done what i can done um yeah what i could and there might be other questions coming yeah. but i'm ready I to think, i think we'll just that. agree to disagree on this one i think again you know uh, but you know in all fairness i think you know don't feel that if you haven't had one that you're not prepared and mm. and similarly if you feel like you need it yeah go ahead i think that's true. what works for you yeah. will work for you yeah. um and it's it's a useful yeah. tool. The only thing I think I would say is if you just don't want to do a Viva because you're scared of being asked questions, then maybe that's a good indication that you actually should have that one. Might, that might be Does why I didn't want to do it, actually. <laughs> well, okay, we leave it up to you. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard two different opinions of that. <laughs> and so I think that the sort of third point to wrap this up is almost not really related to the academic side but it's almost this kind of question of physical preparation right mm. yeah and i think we mentioned or talked about that um last week in our mental health awareness um, week episodes but um i think it's really important to like kind of start exercising about again like maybe two weeks before just to bring your adrenaline levels down because they will build up um before mm. i think yeah we yeah. talked about that so um exercise or go for walks or you can also kind of do meditation i think i used that um app headspace and i think it was really good for me just that they're different kind of courses about anxiety or yeah um so to choose one of these different things but yeah get your your mind and your body ready yes and I think uh, we talk a lot about some of these techniques as well in the Mental Health Awareness Week series, that some things that you can do from a sort of well-being perspective to kind of prepare for this. But yeah, do do get active. Don't don't feel like you need to be a hermit and kind of, you know, just focus on this one thing. Mm -hmm. Make that time to look after yourself and your well-being. So okay. I think those are the three yeah. kind of major steps in the preparation to the Viva hopefully you see that actually you know this is going to be an interesting conversation where you can just discuss your work in detail with people who've read your work in in huge amount of detail and it's a fantastic opportunity to showcase exactly what you know and the expert that you are Well, thank you so much for listening to How to PhD. We just want to make a huge shout out to everyone who's emailed us, who's got in touch with us on social media, uh, and of course, who supported us with donations, reviews, retweets, and feedback. We are so hugely uh, appreciative and overwhelmed by the feedback, and it's just really yeah. fantastic to see yeah. the the, the, uh, the the range of people from around the world who, who have got involved with the show. It's, it's just really great. Um, and of course, if you know of someone who you think could benefit from the show, then please do share this with them. Um, and if you enjoy listening to How to PhD and you'd like to support us, then you can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by visiting our website at howtophd.show and leaving a small donation through Buy Me A Coffee. We hugely appreciate all the support that we get. Um, do get in touch with us. You know, As we mentioned, we've received messages from all over the world. It's fantastic. Please do get in touch. You can email us at contact at howtophd.show and over Twitter and Instagram at our Instagram or our social media handles at howtophd. 
show. So on Thursday, Julia, we we wrap up this uh, Viva series. Exactly. So hopefully you have a bit of a better idea how to prepare for your Viva now. Um, but on Thursday, we're going to share techniques to navigate the Viva itself. Yes. So have a good rest of the week and we'll see you all on Thursday. <laughs>